This is a Cato Special Podcast. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court has ruled in the case of Heller v. District of Columbia. The High Court says the Second Amendment enshrines an individual right and has struck down the D.C. gun ban. Beyond that, however, the High Court makes clear this isn't the last word on just what restrictions on gun ownership count as reasonable. Roger Pallon, the Cato Institute's Vice President for Legal Affairs, comments on the court's ruling. We finally have a definitive statement about what the Second Amendment means. The Second Amendment was part of the Bill of Rights that was ratified in 1791. The Supreme Court has never spoken definitively about the fundamental question that has been in play ever since, namely whether it guarantees an individual right to keep and bear arms or simply a right in virtue of you being a member of the militia. Today, the Supreme Court made that very clear. It is an individual right. It is not simply a right that belongs to you only because you're a member of a militia. Now, Scalia's opinion apparently stops short of getting into any type of description about what might constitute reasonable restrictions on the Second Amendment rights. That's right. There were two main conclusions to come out of the majority's opinion today. Number one, that it is an individual right. And number two, that the district's almost total ban on handguns is unconstitutional. In other words, the court said there are restrictions that will be permitted under the Second Amendment, but this is not one of them. What of the incorporation issue? How should states and localities be thinking about this ruling? This case did not involve incorporation of the Bill of Rights against the states. This was a straightforward claim against the federal government and therefore did not involve the 14th Amendment and the incorporation document. There will be litigation, and in fact that has been promised by Bob Levy, uh, in other areas around the country, Chicago and New York in particular, to free up the people there from the severe restrictions under which they live. And there will be litigation in other places as well with respect to the fine points, that is to say what it is more precisely in the way of restrictions that can and cannot be undertaken by municipalities and states. Now, according to the Washington Post here, uh, D.C. Mayor Adrian Fenty said that the city's police department will take approximately three weeks to develop the requirements for registering a handgun in the district, but his comments also seem to indicate that he will be pushing for a delay of compliance for basically as long as possible. I saw the comments of the Attorney General for the District of Columbia just after the opinion came down, and they suggested that the city will be digging in its heels, they don't like this opinion, and will be taking its time and will be issuing new regulations uh, purportedly consistent with this opinion, and that of course will mean that there will be further litigation in this area. And so it may not be tomorrow that a person can go to the city and register his gun. One of the writers at SCOTUS blog suggested that though Scalia, in his opinion, rejected the two weakest standards uh, of review for the court, did not actually come out and say that these, this right is fundamental in nature. Well, he came pretty close to that. 
He cited Caroline products, which drew the distinction in its famous or infamous footnote four between rights that are expressly in the Constitution and rights that are not expressly in the Constitution. And with respect to rights expressly or explicitly or enumerated in the Constitution, the court must uh, give those rights or laws that uh, affect those rights a heightened scrutiny and presumably this would be something close to strict scrutiny. And so uh, that again remains to be determined as further litigation unfolds. But that was one thing that we were looking at and we're very pleased to see that uh, Justice Scalia did focus on the level of scrutiny that must be given to restrictions on this enumerated right in the Constitution. It must be a fairly high level of scrutiny. We'll see how lower courts interpret that in due course. Is there anything that ought to be read into the fact that only five members of the court found in the Second Amendment essentially a fundamental individual right to libertarians that that would seem pretty galling? That there were four members of the court who found that the Second Amendment did not guarantee an individual right is striking and deeply disturbing because the language read naturally is pretty clear. There is, of course, the prefatory clause about a well-regulated militia, and there, in the, there is the main clause about the right to keep and bear arms. Justice Scalia's opinion was very scholarly. It went back to the history of the matter in great detail. It related the two parts of the amendment, and it concluded that it was clear beyond any real reasonable doubt that there is this individual right and that we have gone for 200 years with this confusion is perhaps the most striking thing because this was not thought to be a difficult issue up until the 20th century. And we go right back to the progressive era and its regulatory uh, mindset for the source of the problem uh, that we solved today, at least with respect to this amendment. Roger Pallon is the Vice President for Legal Affairs for the Cato Institute. You can read more on the fall of the D.C. gun ban at cato.org slash gun ban.